0: Yo, what's up, everybody? On this episode of the Bullpen Podcast, listen to me and Mitch Loxamana talk about everything from bulletproof escalates to the Silk Road. We're going to even talk a little bit about the Fire Festival. Let's do it. Oh, wait. One more thing before we get to the podcast. In this podcast, The Crypto Bunny, any co hosts and his guests do not Give financial or investment advice and encourage you to do your own research on all topics mentioned. Do not invest into this market, what you can't afford to lose. I bet I know what you're thinking. Is this really Morgan Freeman? Well, unfortunately not. But Lyndon thought it would be a good idea to use such a soothing voice for the legal mumbo-jumbo to smooth things over now let's do it
1: now entering the bitcoin podcast network
0: work, 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 work. play ball! The bullpen podcast number nine, the crypto bully. Wow, <laughs> he makes it look so easy. And that ball has left the stadium. Super excited to have this guy here with us today on the podcast. <laughs> um, he actually reached out to me via LinkedIn, and it was the funny thing because I actually I think I saw him first because I saw him, I saw his video content. I was like, man, I was like, I got to reach out to this guy because, man, the quality of your stuff was dope. Um, So I was like, you know, you reached out, clicked, you had to make this happen. Um, just so everybody knows, man, this this guy he he does a lot of pretty impressive stuff, man. He's a creative director for Artifacts Media. Uh, he does a media and entertainment solutions engineer for Verizon, and is, and is also the co-founder and director of operations for Sprantics. And uh, you know what? Let's go ahead and just bring him in. Um, <laughs> and this is pretty awesome. I'm really happy to have you on the show. How you doing, Mitch?
1: Yo, I am doing great, brother. I just gotta say, I'm happy to be in the bullpen, bro. I brought my red sheets, so let's dance. Let's, let's dance, baby. Let's Thank you for having me.
0: Do it, <laughs> man. I appreciate you. I appreciate you, man. And so everybody knows, he he just told me right now, so you don't mess this up. His name is Mitch Loxamana.
1: Bang, bang! There it is. Wow. Again, it's not the one I would have chosen, but it's the one that God gave me. Got to work with what God gave
0: me. <laughs> you. Got, there you go. You know, you know, you got to work with what God gave you, man. So, you know, man, just for everybody who's a little unfamiliar with you, man, just go ahead and tell them a little bit uh, about your background and just kind of how you got involved with uh, blockchain and cryptocurrency, man.
1: Will do, bro. So, my background's computer engineering, um, and you know, I've always had that that mindset of hustle. I, I grew that at a really early age. My my parents were like really influential mm-hmm. with. With you know teaching me to problem solve, bro. So I've had like that engineering like mentality of like, okay, here's the problem, here's the solution, right? And there's so many ways to get to that. And um, and then also I don't know what injected how it was injected in me, but I was selling Pixie Six at like the the age of like twelve years old um, on the bus stop. So like I kind of <laughs> got a a grip towards bringing people value in a sense, right? So engineering is is pretty much like it's very binary until you kind of are able to establish like an emotional connection with like the solution you're building. Otherwise, you're just building a fucking solution. Right. And for, for me personally, bro, it's like, if I can, you know, narrate a story in my head of how this will make sense or like what this is actually going to be doing, why I'm even doing it. I, I think I just, I always tend to, make better decisions that i feel i feel really good about i feel more fulfilled and, and that being said right so coming from the always having an engineering mindset kind of establishing entrepreneurship at such an early age and now having graduated with a computer engineering degree um, i found my way into blockchain like met, like really i would say more Recently, within the past year and a half, however, I was mining cryptocurrency through my Raspberry Pi. Like I was doing, I'm a geek. So, yeah, yeah, I I was I was mining uh, Bitcoin through my Raspberry Pi when I was in Rutgers. They used to give out like um, free Raspberry Pis, bro. And I don't know if you know what they are, but you know, they're just essentially like little mini computers. And uh, I learned the technology. I learned about the Deep Web, (laughs) and and you know, the Silk Road applications. Not saying that you know I was on it, but I was aware of. How Bitcoin was being used at the time, for sure. So, fast forward now, you know, I was working with Artifacts Media. That was a company that I had co founded with uh, four really awesome people. Two of them were, um, two of them I was actually related to. So, my brother and my cousin. uh, And then, um, you know, really awesome video producers, uh, my friends Tyler and Bell. So, a little bit about that, real quick is, I have a pretty extensive like e-commerce background. I was doing a lot of social media marketing, a lot of paid social, um, you know, during my time in college and a little bit after. And my roommate just happened to be like a really diesel videographer, bro. But guess what? Like a lot of people that buy videos from him, they just they didn't have the means of distribution. Those are two Mm -hmm. totally different, uh, you know, kind of sides of the coin there. So um, we kind of formed Artifacts Media and. Together, like our first client was Freight Network. Um, the CEO is currently Sloan Brakeville. He does amazing things. Um, we got in there through our friend Shankri Balaji, who is absolutely like um, just a, a phenom. Um, the way that she kind of like thinks about problems and wants to solve them with blockchain, wants to solve them with cryptocurrency. She's very, very avid in, you know, kind of like those humanitarian avenues um, and, and, and use cases of blockchains. So, uh, we got involved with Freight Network, bro, and like the sky was the limit. I mean, you remember 2018? Like,
0: yeah, <laughs> there was
1: there was money flowing left and right. Everyone's ICO was being shoved down your throat, and a lot of them were real, and you know, unfortunately, a lot of them were just bogus. And so, yep. we were trying to navigate the waters of okay, who's real and who isn't. And to be honest, like a lot of these guys that we worked with, they were selling a vision you know they weren't selling a product because the product isn't even there
0: right
1: um you know going to ethereal going to transparency 18 i mean just attending all these places you really saw like yeah a lot of people were like pitching their vision but like as far as a product that they have to stand behind it uh, you know that that really didn't exist and uh, you know for a lot of companies today it still doesn't so right you know we were just trying to navigate what's real and what's not and from a marketing standpoint you know it's like I don't want to be putting like the fire festival, like Jerry media situation. You're you're just kind of pitching this vision. You know what I'm saying, bro? Right. Like it's not tangible. And you know, if something tangible were to be forced from this vision, from like the acceleration of it, again, you don't want what happened at Fire festival to happen. You don't want the shitty MVP, um, you know, to be released. It's not a good look on your company. So we, we kind of navigated the waters here and there. And, after a year, we took a step back. My brother and I, uh, Michael Oxmana, we actually went ahead and co-founded Sporantix, which is a professional um, brand development agency. So, as far as like where I started with blockchain in particular into the space, I really started to um, get more involved when we worked with when I worked with Artifacts Digital. But now that I've taken a step back, I still speak on the technology. I speak. I still speak with a lot of people like in this space right so to say like york malt i mean Oz sultan uh bruce porter i mean these were the guys i just talked to like last week and i sat down with them so what i like to do bro at this point is really just like tell someone's story and i was invited to speak at washington elite um ai and blockchain summit over in dc and i don't know i i really was just there to hear people's story like why why invest time and resources into this technology that you're trying to build. You know, like we can't sit here and talk about what it is because you, you've been, you know, everyone's been like pitching that and shoving it down each other's throats. I just kind of wanted to get to the gear of why we are all here. Why are we doing this? Why are we innovating? Why are you, you know, pushing this technology forward? Right. That's just me though, bro. I mean, for you, you know, taking taking it from your standpoint, right? Like actually hosting the bullpen and having people from blockchain in, like what what are some of the things that you're <laughs> hearing like, is it the same shit? Like, are you actually hearing like passionate people with real perspective?
0: Yeah. You know what? That's, I think that's the one thing that has been the most interesting and rewarding about this podcast because I'm very similar to you, right? I want to get in. I want to hear people, hear hear people's stories and I want to help spread that. Right. And it is funny that you say fire festival because that is like (laughs) the perfect fucking comparison to what I generally feel like most projects are like. Like mm-hmm. like you said, it's, it's a vision and they're selling a vision, but there's no actual tangible product. There's no service and there's no nothing. So I'm thinking mm-hmm. like, you know, I think I feel like a lot of people are kind of in over their head and things like mm-hmm. that. So what this podcast has done for me, it has really given me a platform not to only help push other people's information out there and stories out there, but it really does create, it's created like this universe of like, it's it's almost like a black hole of sucking in awesome people and talking to real people and hearing Mm -hmm. the CEOs and the individuals that are behind these huge products and companies and services that are involved in crypto and blockchain. And Mm -hmm. it's like it, Sometimes it really does blow my mind, like the when you you know when you have that person to where yep. you know like this isn't just the job. Like yeah, I'm the CEO of this, or I may have founded yeah. this, but it's like you can tell they they live, breathe, eat, and sleep what they do, and not because yeah. they have to or because it's about the money. It's because yeah. they really love it, and everything else is a byproduct. So mm-hmm. I, you know, I've been blessed. Well I've had a lot of interviews. I've had, I don't know, th- almost 30 interviews so far. Mm-hmm. I have yet to have an interview with one person who is not passionate and like mm-hmm. really passionate. So I'm just like, man, that's that's awesome and it's cool because you have all different type of personality types and stuff mm-hmm. like that, but I just love it because I'm like this is what I want. This is what this is the people I want to talk to and these are the people I want to push out there. You know, what I mean just like talking to you. When I talk to you, mm-hmm. when we talk about anything that you're doing, you know, Mm -hmm. there's not a hesitation in your voice. Like this isn't a show. This is real. You're, you're really doing this. And that's what I (laughs) love about doing this show. So it's like, that's why I'm here right now. That's why I'm interviewing you right now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome, man. see, I wanted to ask you what your why is. I was just going to ask you, like, -hmm. like, why do you do this show? Right? Like, where do you find inspiration from doing the show? And it seems to me like you find inspiration in in really finding inspiration in others and tapping into that. And, you know, I, obviously it's a it's a podcast so like people can listen to it and also kind of pick up what you picked up right
0: yep, yep.
1: it's yep. Uh, i'm curious because you know it's, it's like this is a formula that works with any industry right? right it's just like you'll always find people that are extremely passionate holding full accountability for what they're doing because like they're the founders they're the executives you know they're very passionate about what they do is is there any particular reason why you've chosen to focus on just blockchain and just cryptocurrency for this podcast.
0: Um, I feel like it's one of those areas that's still very, very, almost kind of like taboo. It, it's it's mm-hmm. weird. It's like you know, it's, it's blockchain and cryptocurrency kind of has this weird stigma by a lot mm-hmm. of outside people who are in the space, or is just like. You're using that? You mean that thing that everybody <laughs> uses for illegal transactions? And I am like. Wait, mm-hmm. like hold on, wait a minute. You know, you know how it is. Everybody pays attention to the media or just stuff on the mm-hmm. TV or the news, right? And it, it really—I yeah. mean, even for me myself, it wasn't until I really dived into this, which is around two, two, two and a half years ago, that I yeah. was just like, "Holy shit!" Like this. Yeah. This is like. I, I, I would almost say crypto and blockchain is almost a lifestyle, like legit, mm-hmm. because there's just so many things that go on within this. So for me, um, when you know, when I think about this space, when I think about everything that's going on, you know, there's so mm-hmm. many things going on. There's so many different people doing so many different things. You know, this mm-hmm. podcast I feel like is a certain point, and I want to try to create content that not only people in the space can listen to but people out of the space can pull from so i want to have I her- love that i yeah. love that man i'm curious all right so yeah. for the people that are out out of the space right because yeah.
1: the idea is to educate them right i'm curious how you would go about this because in my personal opinion right mm-hmm. people feel connected to They'll feel connected to blockchain. They'll feel connected to cryptocurrency, want to directly impact or correlates with their current struggle, right? Like Everyone has a different challenge or a different set of challenges within their lives, within their like, own ecospheres, yes. right? So it's like, how do we communicate, or rather, how, how do you communicate to someone how important this technology is?
0: So, when I think about that, right now, here's the funny thing. When I think about that, I almost think about it from a sales perspective, right? Now, think about Exactly, you really do. Because when you think Mm -hmm. about sales, right, they generally say, right, if you really want to tap into somebody, find out something that on a personal level relates to what Mm -hmm. you have to offer them, the product or service, and then you make a connection. So, that's Mm -hmm. exactly what I think of when I think about this podcast. Like, that's why everybody that comes on this show, I have them tell their background story of Mm -hmm. where they came from. Because those little tidbits could be things that people are listening to and they could be like, oh, I'm that person. Or, hey, I was there. And then, yeah. you know, and they're like, oh, okay, well, if they made that leap, you know, you have people who were in the financial sector, who was doing branding and marketing, people who were doing technology, you know, mm-hmm. that all gravitated all of a sudden into blockchain and cryptocurrency. And mm-hmm. it's just like, whoa, you know, and, yeah. you know, I think for some people, right, when they see or hear certain things, they feel like the stretch to get there. Mm-hmm. If, if it sounds a lot further away than what it is actually attainable. And I mm-hmm. feel like to some people that may they may easily discourage them. But they think like, oh, man, that blockchain and cryptocurrency stuff is just too much. Like, I don't, I don't know if I can really take the time to figure it out. You have to be a genius to do that because I've heard people say that. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, look, everybody has to start somewhere. You know, everybody has to start somewhere. And then again, everything here is so new. Nobody's an expert. Nobody's mm-hmm. a genius in this. I have love met... That, I love that you just said that, bro. Yeah. Like that, that, and that's what it is. And I'm like, don't I met geniuses within this, but everybody mm-hmm. is still learning blockchain and cryptocurrency together. Yes, some people have more knowledge than others, but this is still new to everybody. Everybody's the new, you know, when it comes to this information. So I'm like, yo. You don't, don't feel bad about that. Don't get deterred because of it. Use Mm -hmm. that as a way Mm -hmm. to prepare yourself. Like, okay, I know I'm here. I want to catch up. So let me go in and, you know, however way it can be, whether it's, you know, talking to Mitch, listening to Mm -hmm. my podcast, watching your content, talking, you know, reading the article that Lee Quinn wrote or however you get that information that fits you and your lifestyle, do that. And then you can take it from there.
1: Bro, I love that man. I just spoke with four four months ago, I spoke with T- Dr. Tiffany Gray at mm. Coinvention. I actually I was speaking at Coinvention and then I ran interviews while I was still with Artifacts Media. We actually like partnered with that event, but I spoke with Dr. Tiffany Gray, I spoke with Samson Williams, Paul McNeil. I mean, everyone was saying the same thing. This right. technology is so brand new and the people that still need to come in the space to revolutionize it and innovate it have not yet come in the space, bro. Yeah, um, I know. for and it, it's largely supply and demand. If you look at you know where we are with emerging technology, you know, to, uh, like the smartest people, the the people that are innovating are in different verticals right now. That's just like the way that it is. And you know how do we stay true and how do you how do we stay consistent with making sure that the visions are aligning? So at the point where we do actually have the real people come in that will you know. Um, advanced technology they'll be able to do it and we will i don't know it's just like right now there's there's too many there's too many fakers i think you know there's just too many people just like kind of capitalizing off that 2018 wave and um not to say that you know we did it we were i I wouldn't say i wouldn't call us opportunistic though i would just say that we found ourselves in a position where um we were just in, in blockchain but exactly Bro, I can't tell you how many interviews. As creative director of Artifacts Digital, I sat down with so many people, bro. Like recorded interviews, we get them mic'd up. Yeah. And dude, I like just through that experience alone, I was able to tell who was real and who wasn't. Like, yep. who was giving me their fucking like hour long speech and. <laughs> You know, and who was like speaking from the heart and just saying, Listen, I don't understand this technology fully. I haven't mastered it yet. Right. But I'm here. I'm here at this conference. You saw me at the last one. You saw me at the one before that. You see me in my videos. Like, I'm here to learn. I'm going to continue to be here. And I, a lot of those kinds of people that I've talked to last year, bro, guess what? They're still here 2019 exactly. and they're still churning along.
0: Yep, and that's how you know it's real. If they're still here right now, that's, that's the one thing I, t- I can tell you I love about this bear market. And I knew it was coming. And that's mm-hmm. the one thing I was waiting for. I was like, yo, anybody mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. lasts through this bear market and I knew it was going to... Well, I'm going to say I knew. I had a pretty good feeling that it was going to mm-hmm. be an extensive one. Those are the real deal people. They're They're serious. Yep. Because just yep. because... The the financial aspect of the highs and lows and, you know, the bull market are going does not mean you're going to stop doing what you're doing, you know, so I feel like, bro. yeah, the people here are definitely going to be able to you're going to be able to tell. Like you like you said, if, you, if you're still here now and you're going through this and you're still creating content, what you know, you're finding ways to make this work is because you have that love, you have that passion you know
1: yeah yeah, yeah. My, well my thing is it's it's interesting because like i started off in the blockchain space like that helped me take off and and right. really launch like my own platform to invite people in to speak right. and i do i again like we're talking I, if you're in new york or if i'm ever down in texas like best believe i'm gonna have you on for an episode but believe. you know i i really the way i see it is and Nick Spanos actually, I sat down. I don't know if you you saw Banking on Bitcoin. Yeah, dude, dude, I, <laughs> I love it. I
0: watched that. I think two or What'd three times. I I loved yeah. it. I loved it. It was a great explanation of everything, um, kind of from that 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 starting point into you know kind of where it was at the point where it ended. And I, I loved it. I, I watched it a mm. couple times, and I loved it not only because of that. When it, I'm, first of all, I'm a movie head like netflix mm-hmm. like i Same don't even level. i pretty much don't watch tv i go to the movie and i watch <laughs> netflix that's it so when i saw that i was like and i was i remember i was laying in my bed it was uh, like 12 30 at night and mm-hmm. i'm just going through netflix and then i i log in uh uh when i uh when i logged in logged back in and, and i mm-hmm. went to that top screen where it shows like the headline movie it was like it did the little music and, it, and I'm, like, okay. <laughs> I'm like oh that music is dope and i'm looking at it and then i saw the title i was like Yo, what? What is this? I was like, <laughs> Yo, I gotta watch this. So I watched it, and I was just like, Dude, but yeah, yeah, yeah. You're talking about, uh, yeah, yeah. Nick Reynolds.
1: That's dude. That, that's exactly the one. Um, funny enough, I had a I had a sit down with him, a video recorded sit down. We we actually sat down for an hour and a half, and Man. um, the whole experience, bro, was absolutely surreal. All that I can tell you is that basically after that interview had aired. Um, Nick's like legal counsel told me straight up, listen, um, you're gonna have to take that down. <laughs> oh, oh,
0: <laughs> That's how yay. crazy
1: the interview was, bro. That's how like nuts. It got like by the end of the interview, like cameras weren't rolling. and I, fucking, I wish they were, but, uh, I was there with my, uh, media producer at the time, Tyler, and Jamie, and we were there with the artifacts and mm-hmm. it was just me and him, the whole experience again, bro. Absolutely surreal. I mean, it started off with us meeting him at, um, a location of Bitcoin Center, in New York City, because Nick Spanos, he was one of the stars on Banking on Bitcoin. He's right. still doing Bitcoin Center; it's still very much alive, even though the actual physical crypto exchange that he had built, that that mm. whole um, movie was around, right. that shit got shut down quickly, right. just because the the Wall Street was not well, having
0: yeah, shit. Yeah, Wall Street's not having that shit. They're like, <laughs> uh, no I'm, I'm gonna need no, you to no, no, pack up and leave. <laughs>
1: But dude, the whole thing was a stunt. He told me straight up he lost mad money doing it. But like, it's not about <laughs> for that for him. It wasn't about the money. It was about the message, and it was about just right. the longevity of the technology. He was trying to make a statement. Like that guy is like, he's he's really um, he's really about making statements. But just a little bit about you know beforehand. And I, like I can't I can't really like publish this. Uh, I can't publish the interview, but I could tell you that you know we had met him at this. Location and he pulls up in like a, a bulletproof escalade, bro. Bulletproof Whoa. escalade. Yeah, we're, we're asking around for him. No one's seen him. He shows up. He just kind of, um, the window in the back. <laughs> I'll never <laughs> forget this. I'll never forget this, bro. The window in the back, it like did like a slow motion, like pan down. And you start to like kind of see Nick. And he's got like these aviators on, like looking cool, looking crisp, got a double cup in his hand. He's chilling. And he, he like yells over, he's like, hey, are you the guys? We, like look over and you know he's like he's he's pointing his finger and he's inverted and he's he's wagging it to to come closer to him.
0: Wow! And um,
1: I, I remember I, <laughs> I looked at Tyler and I was like, oh, "Fuck it, I guess we're doing this thing." And like, imagine two dudes in suits lugging around meat equipment. It's like ninety-eight degrees in New York. Some dude just called you over. That you you just previously saw in a Netflix documentary yeah. into his <laughs> bulletproof Escalade like I don't
0: <laughs> like, I, only in crypto <laughs> 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 yep, yep
1: yep next he's gonna t- like fucking drive onto a yacht but yeah, yeah we we got into the Escalade and his he like tells his driver to take us to like this location it's a, like undisclosed location you would never even think. This was a spot that Nick owns, but it was like one of many he owns. He's very decentralized, bro, wow. in all of his offices. It's really sick. But um, there were people in that office already and we were going to use that office to like kind of clear out and have him mic'd up and yeah. so his assistant goes in the office, lets them I can he hear this. He lets them know like Nick Spanos is is here guys like um, no autographs, you know what I'm saying? Cause he was really big at the time. Right. And you, you could hear all everyone in there like freaking the fuck out, bro. They're like, Oh my God. Like what? Like what? Like, okay. Okay. Like everyone's like kind of shuffling their papers, everything. Everyone's making themselves look presentable. I could see it through the crack of the door. I'm like, well, at this point, bro, I'm not even gonna lie. I had not seen banking on Bitcoin. I just knew I was (laughs) sitting down with Nick Spatos. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just knew like, all right, this guy's like a big deal. Sure. Um, I want to hear a story, but that's when I started to see the celebrity around it. I started to be like, Oh, people really think he's like hot shit. Um, he, he must really have something to say. (laughs) And, you know, fast forward two hours later, we're packing up interviews over. I mean, Nick is Nick just got really passionate and emotional. Like when he speaks about this, bro, like, he really means it. Like he just came back from a, he had just come back from, uh, a country in the mid middle East where he had to take a meeting in a room that had been, AK forty seven like shot up a week prior, and he, wow, he was taking that meeting in a bulletproof vest. So um, that's like kind of how amped up he gets. And like towards the end of the interview, bro, and I shit you not, this is real. Um, a lot of people apparently have been in this position that I was in, um, <laughs> and yeah. it blows my mind. Like it's like honestly, if if you were doing this with Nick Spanos, we have something in common. I understand what you're going through, um, dude. He was just he went up to a wall and I assure you this wall was like concrete It was cement. He feels it. He just feels it. And then he just starts wailing on it. He just starts punching on this wall, like over and over and over again. Oh, dude. Shit. And at this point I like, I, again, like me and Tyler had so many of these looks where we look at each other, you know, you establish eye contact and right. you're like, is this fucking happening? Is this really happening? Like, I was trying to tel- telepathically tell Tyler to turn on the camera, but it was all happening so fast and like, you know, you w- you don't wanna you don't wanna be with Nick Spanos punching walls and not punch walls, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I was- <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, dude, I was ant too, bro. So I go up to the wall, I do the same thing he did. I feel this wall, I'm like, damn, this ain't rubber. Yeah. Like this ain't rubber.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, snap. And uh um,
1: yeah, man, I mean like I had dinner and my hand was shaking. I remember trying to like, you fork some pasta and my hand's literally shaking because I had punched the wall so many times, but wow. hey, it, ma- it made for a great
0: story. <laughs> no, that is a hell of a story, dude. That's dope. That's crazy. Yeah, man, you interviewed a lot of dope ass people, man. Um, I was checking that out, man. Actually, one guy, uh, Paul McNeil, actually, yeah, yeah, he's he's a uh, dope guy. I interviewed him not too yep. long ago. You know, he does Crypto Curator and stuff, real good friend of mine. Yeah, um, man. Super awesome dude. Man, I have to ask you. Cool. What was it like interviewing Lynn, the founder of the Silk Road website?
1: Damn, man. That's crazy that you just asked me that because I was just thinking about her. Um, (sighs) So Lynn Albright, so crazy that I got to sit down with her because I knew the levity. I knew the gravity of what had happened to her. And for those who are just listening to this and, and don't know Lynn Albright, she's the mother of Ross Albright, who, um who is serving two life sentences in a Colorado um, penitentiary. Mm-hmm. Um, I, b- I believe it's ma- maximum security. Yep. And it's a nonviolent offense. So that's just something to wrap your head around. It's not just one full life sentence nonviolent. It's two life sentences. I mean, um, in, in Lynn's words, I believe she used the term draconian. Like it was a draconian sentence. Um, So bro, I knew coming in, I did my research on her and I knew it was going to be like a really emotional interview and like seldom do I, I sit down and actually like I'll, when I sit down with somebody, I give them the due diligence and the platform to hear their story and I'll poke, I'll poke, I'll poke with Lynn. You know, it was one of those things where I just, the conversation just felt, like it was happening so quickly yeah. and all, all of the emotions were like, kind of like just getting jumbled up that by the end of it, I was just, you know, kind of, we were both just like really emotional and it was like, right. we had a really big hug, but I actually just released um, episode one of Mitch does coinvention. Uh, it's a 10 episode mini series of all of my talks at coinvention. Lynn mm. Albright is, is, uh, the pilot episode, episode number one. You can find that on Instagram, uh, IGTV. You can find it on YouTube. And, and Paul McNeil's actually the second. But just going back to Lynn, bro, I mean, what are your th- what are your thoughts on that? Before I give you my thoughts, I'd love to hear what your thoughts on her.
0: I could only imagine um, what she's going through. Like you said, I, I mean, the first thing I think about is just emotion. I mean, that's mm-hmm. a lot to deal with. And I mean, you think about that, you think about the Silk Road. I hear that talked about so much in cryptocurrency mm-hmm. and uh people who were uh you know a part of that or use it or to participated in it and that's why i said i really like when i saw that i literally mm-hmm. i literally sat back and I almost started daydreaming i yeah. literally was like what would i ask what would we talk you know like i, I it, it's almost uh it, it's kind of one of those deals to where i feel like i just have so many questions it's almost like not enough time mm-hmm. in order to really ask everything i want to ask like it, and it's not that many people that I feel mm-hmm. like I could sit down and have a conversation with to where I'm literally, it's just like <clears throat> it just questions just flowing into my brain a million miles yep. a minute and things like that. Yep. But it, it, it literally, it's so many different things. Um, And I, uh, I'm a hundred percent absolutely going to watch that interview and probably a couple of times just to really <laughs> take all of that in, man, because that's it was
1: crazy, man. I, it was, I, it was nuts, bro. Like I, the thing about it was, I wasn't trying to sugarcoat anything. I didn't. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be like, oh, I feel bad. I feel terrible for you. Like, I really just want to know a lot of different things. Like, like you said, like I had a lot of questions as well. Mm-hmm. And I was being straightforward. I like. I remember I asked her a question. It, it goes, you know, how involved are you with with Ross? And like, what did you know about the Silk Road exactly? You know, like I, I was really poking her. I was really asking her, like. You, what was your involvement in it? What was your understanding? And bro, she didn't even know about how deep Ross was in until I believe it was like October 2nd or October 12th of like whatever year he got arrested. He had got arrested the day before and he had she, she and her husband had found out about Ross and everything, everything Damn. all at once from a reporter at Reuters who had called uh, that day. And then literally within that day, Calls, emails, um, media vans just flooding in. So can you imagine, bro, just like being a parent and not, yeah. Yeah. you know, just like out of nowhere, out of the blue, all of this just hits you all at once. You're never, you'll never see your son outside of a penitentiary again. Um, I mean, the implications of that alone, dude, it was chilling, to say the least.
0: That's, yeah, that's insane, man. I'm sure that was a huge <laughs> Yeah, I only, That was a huge "what the fuck" moment for like. Well, what's happening? Like you're <laughs> mm-hmm. talking about your world immediately probably being flipped upside down, mm-hmm. and that's yeah, dude. That's that's literally. I I, I I'm like I, I have a, a slew of emotions that come into me just thinking about that. Like that's really yeah. crazy. Um, yeah. Yeah. It man. was man. It, it was. It was.
1: Truly. And it was truly an experience to sit down with her, bro. And I'm rooting for her. I I really am. You know, uh, she's go, she's just been going to so many different places, so many different meetups, conferences, people that will hear her story. And, you know, free you can go there right now. You can sign the petition to just be involved, be, you know, if you vibe with her message, if you vibe with, with what she's saying and, and agree with her, which I think if you gave her a chance, um, if it, like you you'll read all the letters about ross albright you'll realize like he was really a good dude and bro here's the craziest thing about it coming yeah. from a computer engineering standpoint here's the absolute craziest thing about ross Ulbricht's story in particular mm-hmm. a lot of the times we'll build tools and products we'll build solutions right. that are meant to solve one problem specifically right in a legal manner you know what i'm saying like yeah think about what he think about silk road that was essentially a decentralized uh, anonymous uh, <laughs> third party brokering system uh, for an exchange of goods and services that's all that it was but yeah. what it manipulated and morphed into and i mind you i was there i saw that website before it got taken down i've seen spin ups like it like agora i mean there's uh, there's infinite now but yeah think about just that platform and i'm i don't i don't know if ross meant to do it like that uh for these specific use cases of drugs um weapons you know um uh contraband all this black market shit i don't know if he meant that but he built that platform and he never saw any of those things he never physically held the drugs he never physically held any of the weapons he wasn't he wasn't sending them or receiving them nothing he just had created the platform. He was the coder. He was the engineer. And then now he's spending two, you know, two life term sentences, man. It's, it's unnerving a little bit. Like sometimes i I think from a creating standpoint, when I'm in, when I'm developing something or I concept something like is, can this be, you know, also used for evil? Like, and to what extent?
0: Yeah. I mean, and that's kind of, and I think that's the fucked up part about what happened to him is because I'm just like, Seriously, you know, I mean, again, I, I, you know, I I can't speak for him and say, okay, what was your intent throughout the whole duration of the Silk Road during Mm -hmm. creating it all the way up until the moment to where, you know, it got taken down. But -hmm. at the same time, I mean, I mean, you think about blockchain and cryptocurrency, think about how many fucking people operate in this space Mm -hmm. being anonymous because they worry about similar things. And it's just like, that's it, it shouldn't be like that. You know, it Mm -hmm. shouldn't be. You know, why Why is it? I mean, and that's one thing I think about. Why? Why? Just because that person being the creator of it, especially if the mm. intent of the reason why it was created wasn't the results of all of the negative stuff that happened, why mm-hmm. does he have to do two fucking lifetime sentences for that?
1: It's nuts, man. It's like, really insane, bro.
0: Yeah, it's just like, that's just pointing the finger and being like, yo, this is your fault. And I really feel like it's almost like an intimidation thing. They're just like, yo. All right, in- innovate if you want to, but yep. this is what's gonna happen if you innovate and somebody else takes your shit and does something wrong with it. Then it's like, really? Like, yeah, man.
1: It, it set a proceedings. And if you really think about how that story, Ross's story, was morphed by the media, you start to get a kind of clearer picture of, all right, who who would be if who would be interested in spinning up a story like this? Who would be interested in making exactly. an example of of Ross Ulbricht in particular with, with Silk Road? I mean, when you yeah. really start to think about the powers that be, I mean, dude, yeah. it's it just you go down a rabbit hole that you really can't find the answer to.
0: <laughs> exactly, because it's the same shit they do with crypto. It's the same thing mm-hmm. they do when they talk about, how, you know, the dark web. It's, it's I, you mm-hmm. know, you already know how it is. The media is man. They'll take shit and spin it until it's dizzy mm-hmm. and falls.
1: And yeah, I'm just man. like,
0: I, and you know, that's what and see. And that's, that's another thing. That's again, why I love doing these conversations and these podcasts mm-hmm. and talking to people in these positions. Like for example, well, so. you, you haven't had, had that conversation with Lynn. You have a perspective now that comes from a source outside mm-hmm. of the media to me, which mm-hmm. is the most important source you can have, especially talking to somebody who like yourself, I believe is extremely credible and talks uh, with a certain level of ethics that is commendable. Like that, mm-hmm. you, there's no substitute for that like none so yeah you know other than talking to lynn herself or ross himself so i i feel like you know stuff like that is so important man and getting that information is the real shit that's what's important
1: yeah man and another thing too just from an innovating standpoint like what ross did was innovative in the sense that it it was the actual it was an actual tangible proof of concept for bitcoin right uh period. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I, it, It's still, facts. it's still mentioned as like the biggest, Oh, B- Bitcoin's used for like these kinds of transactions. People are still talking about Silk road. Like yes. that's how innovative it was, man. Yeah. So I, for any innovator, just like out there listening, like, don't be afraid, you know, create, but create with good intention. And that's just something that I'm always just talking about because a lot of these people that are in this space in particular, crypto and blockchain, I've like, right. I've had talks with are not here to innovate. They're just here to uh you know get paid and then and then make an exit. Right. And then kind of leave the mess with whoever got trapped with it. Um <laughs> it's unfortunate it's really like unfortunate, but like if you're really looking to innovate and really looking to build, like we you know, we will see that. Like yep. you and I, when we sit down with you, we will see that.
0: Yeah, exactly. And that's what I think. Yeah. Please anybody that's listening, I want you to Ross Albright or Satoshi Nakamoto the fuck out of this, whatever you're doing. <laughs> like whatever apply like seriously, like apply that. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. I I am a big gunner for innovation. I'm a big gunner for free thinkers. You know what I'm saying? You know, base your opinions and, mm-hmm. and the things that you form in your mind off of yourself and your experiences. And then also obviously taking in everything else that's around you. Don't necessarily just be, um, oh, okay, I hear this and I'm oh, that's just it. Like no, for, you know, find a way to form your own opinion, and I feel like when people do that and they think outside that box, that's where innovation happens, and that's where amazing things take place. And then, a- you just, I mean, worlds just get completely evolved, you know, Pre- completely changed. So, preach, man, preach. I, so- yeah,
1: I couldn't agree more, bro. I honestly couldn't. I think that, I think that just with anything, right? Like even outside of this space, just anything that you do, right? Are you innovating, right? Like, yeah. are you improving yourself? Are you Kind of taking those fears that you have and conquering them, making them knowns, right? So right. we fear the unknown, bro. Uh, John Kim, I just you know it's, John Kim was a legend, dude. I I sat down with him. He's like the uh, he's an evangelist for Litecoin. He's also the bodyguard, I believe, of the CEO of Litecoin. Um, nice. MMA fighter, but sat down with him. He spoke at Washington Elite, and dude, he was telling me some really crazy stuff to the point where. By the end of the interview, I had to just like take a step out. I was so emotionally drained because wow. yeah, man, this guy's just preaching some real stuff. So, um, what he said to me about, uh, people in particular is that we fear what we don't know. Yeah, And I asked him straight up, I was like, what would you tell that person that's working that nine to five job that kind of, that, you know, is wanting more out of, life, um, wants more fulfillment, has this idea, has had ideas for so long and has never executed uh, in such a manner. What would you tell that person? Dude, this guy blew my mind. I did not expect him to say this. He goes, I would tell them they're not ready. <laughs> he was like, Shit. if you're still working that, if you're still there and you're still debating it, you're not ready. And if you mm-hmm. force someone to a uh, to a position where they're not ready, guess what? Like I can inspire you for a month and, you know, you'll get off your ass, but it'll only be for a month. You'll go back to where you were if your mind wasn't ready to receive it. You know, if you weren't ready to, to innovate yourself. And so that's why I take this, I, a lot of, you know, what I speak on and how I speak with people, it's definitely out of the context of blockchain and crypto. And it's more along the, the lines of just like, why do you do the things that you do? Why do you get out of bed every morning? And understanding the reason behind everything that you do, I I think you're able to really pinpoint and take full accountability for your actions and where you want to be.
0: I agree. Yeah. It gives you control over yourself, over your life. Yeah. When Mm -hmm. you know, when you know the why and you have that answer, it Mm -hmm. makes everything else so much easier to maneuver. Cause you don't have to question like, Oh, wait, like, why am I doing this? Why am I here? Like, if you know the answer to that question, then you just Mm -hmm. move. And that's, and I tell people, right. People tell me that all the time. Cause I do so many different things Mm -hmm. and I, you know, I'm, I'm naturally just a really upbeat, happy person. And they're just like, yo, (laughs) like some people see the change that I go through and they're like, yo, what, like, how do you, how are you still okay going through all of this change? And I'm just like you what else am i gonna do working mm. 9 to 5 and mm. not have any change at all and then be looking around like what the fuck am i doing here you know cuz yeah. that i've be, i've been that person you know i've been that person and i was just it was Dang. literally got to the point to where i was so unhappy with that lifestyle of working a regular really job and just doing the day to day stuff that it was mm-hmm. literally started to stress me out and i started to hate everything mm-hmm. around me mm-hmm. even my city yeah, in like my car, but people yep. that I, I loved were just, I'm just like, you're annoying. And I'm, and, and I really <laughs> had to take a step yeah. back and I'm like, yo, what the, what the, what's wrong with me? Like, what's going on? Yeah. And I really, and when I, when I really observed it, I was like, yo, this job is literally draining the life out of me. Not the specific mm-hmm. job, but just mm-hmm. going through the motions of being normal, quote unquote, you know, in society. I'm like, nah, mm. I'm like, I can't, I, I can't do this. This is not me. Like, I'm gonna, I'd rather die not doing this. Yes. Yes, man. Live doing that for the rest of my life. Because to me, if I'm doing that, even if I'm alive, I'm dead. I'm yes. not. I'm not doing nothing. So it's like, this is the only option. So I tell people all the time, right? Because I'm retired. And a lot of people, I think when they hear the word retirement, they mm-hmm. immediately attach that to wealth. And they think like, oh, if you're retired, you're rich. And I tell people all the time, let me let you understand one thing. I'm not rich. I'm not wealthy. I'm not wealth to the degree that I want to get to. You get what I'm mm-hmm. saying? I'm still mm-hmm. to go working to obtain that. But I can tell you one thing I am, and that's mm-hmm. fucking free. Free from having <laughs> to stress outside of what I choose to stress about. And to me, no amount of money coming from a paycheck is worth that shit. Like from a regular nine to five.
1: I love that, man. I I, I think that... Um, a lot of that has to come with like people are kind of prone for familiar misery right. over yes. uncomfortable happiness. Yes. And Man. this isn't, this yes. isn't for me, by the way, I heard this from Jürg Molt when I spoke with him. Uh, he, he's now like the founder of Satoshi school, but dude, it's so true. Like when I worked at, Nine to five office job, bro. I would. I remember. I just wasn't learning. I wasn't fulfilling. I wasn't challenging myself. Yeah. People around me weren't challenging me or themselves. Right. And like there was just this black hole of complacency. Mm-hmm. And for me personally, I had to find it within myself to say, "I want more out of life," and I got to really, you know, take the <laughs> take the bull by the horns. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We the bullpen. Yeah. That's what you already know. Yeah. Yep. So, I, all I can speak about is from my perspective, how I've gotten to where I am now and where I plan to go and how I'm going to get there. And right. a lot of, a lot of, uh, people that I used to surround myself with, you know, they were just, to be honest, complacent too. And I, it made me take a kind of self-analysis for first, I had to fix myself first. I had to reposition myself and actually plan, strategize, have goals and, and make those Make those like actions, like just do it. You know what I'm saying? Like just go and do it. Like you know the the blueprint you've right. already laid it out. It's just a matter of execution at that point. And yep. um, yeah, man. I, I mean, I do the same thing right now. I work with, I work. Uh, you know, I I co-founded Sprantix and I work with Verizon. And I still do. I really appreciate the job. I appreciate the culture there. Right. And what's awesome is I'm granted not only do I appreciate my job and the people I get to work with, but like the flexibility I have since I work remote, uh, I'm kind of like in this like digital nomad kind of life where nice. it really is. As long as I have internet connection, I can do, I can work with Verizon at that capacity. So yep. I've also, bro, I also feel like geographically independent. You know, I, I feel, I feel free in that sense. I feel unbounded, but that doesn't mean that like I'm not working. That doesn't mean I'm not hustling. That doesn't mean I'm not pushing further for a future that like I haven't really seen yet the future that I is still like in my realm of impossibility because I just have not thought of it yet
0: yeah oh man I can relate to you so many different ways on the level (laughs) that's exactly that that's exactly it that's the goal and that's the thing it's like right if I do anything that's in the realm of a job or anything, mm-hmm. right? It's gonna have to offer this flexibility to where mm-hmm. I can still be free. I can still be mm-hmm. around, and like you said, that's the awesomeness of working in the digital world, working in mm-hmm. the digital realm. You have Absolutely. freedom to move how you want, like you said. And it's pretty much the same with me. That's the great thing about this podcast. I have mm-hmm. a fucking bright neon green Nike bag that I put all <laughs> my equipment in. And as long mm-hmm. as I have internet somewhere, I can set this shit up. I don't care where it is, and I can do a <laughs> podcast. That's yep, like yep. is that not the dopest shit in the world? That's so. it's a backpack
1: lifestyle, bro. It's a it's a lifestyle that didn't exist for our parents, it didn't exist for our aunts and our uncles. Right. And I don't know, it's it's just it is the reality. And a lot for for a lot of you know the my friends, and a lot of like the people that I know, it's it right. it could be a reality for them too.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think people, yeah, and it's funny, people I I, I hear all the time people see what I do and they'll be like, Man. I want to do that. Oh, I wish I could do it. And I'd be looking at them like, "Yo, you if I can do this shit, you can do it." Like I don't think people understand. Like I'm, I'm not an alien. I'm -hmm. not this super robotic. Like I'm a regular ass person. Like if Mm -hmm. I can do this, anybody can do this. It's just really about putting your mind to something and then doing it. Two things I Mm -hmm. always say, always, always say that I live by. One, I'm. Completely comfortable being uncomfortable. Pretty much mm-hmm. all times. That's mm-hmm. how I move. Second thing, money is my number one priority, but everything else comes before it. it those wow. two things. That's that's what it is. Wow. Well yeah. said. Yep. So, well it's said, just, man. Like, like with that, I just I just move, man. I make shit happen.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I can tell, bro. I can tell. I'm, no, honestly, I'm with, with regard to that. I'm, I'm the same way. I, I love being uncomfortable in the sense that if you do something uncomfortable and you get comfortable, then it's time to do something uncomfortable again. And as far as just money, you know, I, I'm a firm believer that money is an enablement. It really is like, um, it it really just enables a lifestyle and a bunch of other things like security for your family. Right. I'm, I'm Filipino. So, (laughs) uh, you know, I'm raised a family man. Um, I'm the eldest of two brothers. My parents were immigrants. Like, I, I want money to secure their security. You know what right. I'm saying? I want I want like that's why that that's the means to it all, right? But oh, I yeah. I always always I've I've been asking people this. I've always asked myself this, and now I'm asking others if it wasn't for the money. Let's just say that you, you know um, money was not an issue. Right. You have so much money that everything that you ever needed you ever think you need money for is taken care of security for your family, security for yourself. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, uh, your house is paid off, uh, your car is paid off, all your assets are paid off, uh, your parents are living in the wealthiest uh, community living center, whatever it is. Let's just assume all that's taken care of. Mm -hmm. Would you, working that nine to five job right now, continue to work it, continue to do that? And if not, what would you do instead? (laughs) And bro, I can't tell you, like the last three people I've asked this question, um, it's just, it, it, it's kind of shocking to me like what the answer is. Like they've told right. me straight up, they'll still, they'll still do that job. Like, oh yeah, like they'll still do it. And, um, you know, someone that, someone very close to me that I know in particular, she said that she'll still do it because she really, she's only always wanted to do that since she was seven years old. Um, and she just doesn't, know what else is out there. She doesn't know the realm Man. of possibility. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, if you didn't have to be a dentist, <laughs> right. if you didn't have to like, do this, uh, this job that you've been doing nine, you know, nine to five sales for this company, what would you do instead? Like, if money was not an issue, what would you do instead? And yeah. I'm, I'm looking for answers as simple as traveling the world to, I would just sit at home and, and be with my family. That, right. Like that's all that I'm looking for. I want people to understand that, listen, you're working that job for money, period. Like you're doing that you're doing that specific task, not because you want to, but because you need that money to yep. do this, to do that. And you know, when you understand things like that, you become a lot more realistic with why you do the things that you do. And then you also start to see kind of the lines in which you can finesse, the lines in which you can be a little bit more experimental, a little bit more creative, a little yes. bit more—I don't know—adventurous, uh, so to speak. Yes. I don't know. It's just like I want people to get the brains working and feeling uncomfortable. Like it's a truth that you you kind of push aside when you're in college, you know, when you're in school. Right. Like, why are you doing all that? You're doing all that for a degree so you can get a fucking job and work till you're 65 and then exactly. retire and then die in 10 years. <laughs> exactly.
0: Exactly. <laughs> Got it. That is not the unfortunate truth like yeah. that it really is the case man and that's that's the yeah. thing that i was like i can't i can't do it see and that's why i feel like that's why i feel like i personally i love being in the blockchain and cryptocurrency space so much mm-hmm. because i feel like like you said even if right now i had a fucking something happened hit a jackpot and i didn't have to pay a single bill ever again i would mm-hmm. still do this damn podcast without yeah. a doubt and that's the thing that's what motivates me to do it is the fact that I'm like and I was just talking about this on another uh, uh, um, uh, interview I did uh, uh, earlier this week I literally was like I the problem the biggest problem that I'm having with this Mm -hmm. podcast is monetization not because Mm -hmm. I don't know how to make money from it it's because I almost don't want to like (laughs) I just want to do this shit like I want to do it I feel like Mm -hmm. when I bring money into it it's just like this it's this weird thing, you know, because mm-hmm. to me, it's like I know money is a tool. Money's mm-hmm. not real. Money is around because everybody believes it to be, you know, mm-hmm. useful, useful. But at the end of the day, Definitely. if everybody was like, you know what, fuck fiat or fuck the U.S. dollar or fuck <laughs> the yen or whatever the case, it would have almost no value. Nobody mm-hmm. would care. And that would be mm-hmm. it. So that's what I think about. And I'm just like, man, I place what I do at such a high level um, because of the fact I enjoy it, and it doesn't yeah. take me getting paid to enjoy it. That shit yeah. like that is so hard to find, man. Dude, you know that's
1: that's a really good point that you bring up, and you know, you just from sitting here on this end of New Jersey, I could really tell your passion about the shit, and your your passionate dude in general. Like, I think I, and again, like I, we're just you know kind of speaking through the through Zoom here, but. I could tell that you kind of translate this passion with every anything else that you do, like working out, whatever it is. Uh, It's just, it's just like inside of you, like that's who you are as a person. I think that um, once you kind of, with in terms of monetization, it's really interesting that you brought that up because I was just speaking with my cousin, um, my cousin Timo. He has a. Website called Savvy Savior. He's really sick, dude. Like this is like one of my younger cousins that was always financially savvy. Like he like when we played RuneScape, he was always the richest one in RuneScape. He always had like the dragon armor. He always had like all the good shit. And I was like, How is he doing this? This kid just always knew how to make money. And he was talking to me. We were having a conversation about monetization because in his belief in his eyes, if he monetizes or looks to monetize his website too soon it can kind of strangle um the vision it can strangle the model it can strangle the authenticity the um the platform of being genuine and you know i thought he brought up a good point but at the same time too he also works um he also works with a company that you know pays him a handsome amount of money let's put it that way so for me, it's like, you're not worried about monetization because you already kind of have that piece fulfilled somewhere else. However, think about the person that's doing this 24 seven and like, this is their only means. Like, yes, they're passionate. It's not to say that they're not passionate, but like, they also have to kind of, uh, put a point of monetization in it so that they can continue to do it. And I think that there is a trade-off where you do monetize and then you start to lose like the actual kind of, um, essence right of the of the platform itself but i think you'll figure you'll know you'll know when it's right for sure and then if once you do monetize you'll actually get you know you'll start to get paid to do this i think you'll find the sweet spot for you know not compromising on your vision not compromising on the essence of of this but still like being in a position where yeah you're, you're being compensated for what you're doing right that's just yeah. my thought though that's just my those are my opinions on monetization
0: yeah no I, I feel you on that and I, I can definitely yeah and I, and I feel like yeah it is it's one of those things I feel like it, it's it's gonna happen when it happens and but mm-hmm. I know I'm gonna know and that's why it's, it's funny right because I tell people right um I and before I did this like way back when when I was younger in my 20s and stuff early 20s I used to be an MC And I used to, you know, basically be an MC for DJs and stuff like that. I used to speak. I was just, I'm an improv person. I can improv. I could just go off the head or whatever. So I love Mm -hmm. doing it. Right. And I never really thought about doing a podcast ever. Never thought I ever had a radio voice or podcast voice, even though I've been told that. And I'm just like, eh, nah. You know? (laughs) So it's just like, it's funny how I get to this place now. And I'm just like, this is like, how can I not how did I not think to tap into this before? But, you know, I have this crazy business mind and I'm thinking about this idea and this idea and doing this and that and this at the same time while I'm trying to take a bath. And, you know, I'm doing a million (laughs) things at once. And and I'm just like, man. And it it was funny because when this podcast happened, it was like, for a moment, the world stopped. And the universe Mm -hmm. was like, look, (laughs) yo, I'm going to tell you right now, this is probably weird, and you didn't think this was gonna be it, yeah. But this is it. Do it, and I was just like, you know what? Fuck it. All right, let's yeah. do it. And it's been like, it has been my like the connections I made, the people I've talked to is is mm-hmm. really. I almost can't believe it. It's like I've created this. Like I said, I feel like it's a black hole, and everybody mm-hmm. who's like awesome, cool, authentic is getting sucked in. Like I feel like I'm <laughs> waiting to interview somebody to where I'm just like. I'm just in my mind. I'm like, yeah, this person's full of shit. I I have not <laughs> interviewed that person yet, and I'm just like, yep, That's, yep. that blows my mind. So I'm just like, I appreciate it. I just appreciate the universe of putting this into my sphere of circumference and allowing me to do this, and then me just being like, yeah, fuck it, let's do it. So I
1: love that, dude. Yo, I'm curious if you had the power to sit down with anyone and have them on the bull in the bullpen with you, who would it be?
0: Mm. God, why'd you ask me that question? You know what <laughs> the funny thing is, is I was literally thinking about that exact thing yesterday because mm-hmm. I was going through and I was reading. I can't even remember what particular article, but somebody asked somebody else that question. And I thought about to myself, who? No, it wasn't yesterday. That was, no, that's crazy. That was literally two hours ago. Now, now think <laughs> about it. Somebody was sending me some, a picture of something that they did questions for work, for their job. And they, that was one of the questions. If you could talk to anybody, who would it be? And uh, yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to put this person on blast, but they put me. I was just like, <laughs> what? Like, I appreciate it. Yeah, and I was, I was mind blown, but it started making me think about the question. And I was just like, who the fuck would I sit down and, Um, you know what? Mm. God, (laughs) (laughs) watch that. i got to think about this hard. Okay. Okay. So here's the crazy thing, right? Uh If I really had to sit down with anybody and have a conversation. That's right. Other than me. Other than me. Who, Who would it be next? Right. It's, um, Let's clone you, and then I'll interview. I'll sit down with that person. No, 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 but, but, no. Be serious. All right. So, honestly, I think it would be Salvador Dali. Um, wow. Yeah. Okay. So, Why is that? Why is that? Salvador Dali. Right. Amazing artist. You know, he's the one really famous for doing the melting mm. clocks, things like that. For anybody who may not know, mm. one, I fucking love art. <laughs> love art. Mm-hmm. Love, love art. I love it. Um, I'm not, don't don't get me wrong, I'm not an art buff, but I mm-hmm. just have an appreciation for art because I'm a person, like you said, I'm a very, the way I move naturally is just authentic. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like, you know how when you're in the car, right? Mm-hmm. You hear a song, it'll be the first time you hear that song. But as soon as you hear that song, it's like an instant attachment. you like, mm-hmm. yo, this is my mm-hmm. shit. This is dope. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I do that. I do that with music, but I also do that with art like there's art mm. that I could walk past and walk past but there's some art that I'm just like yo like <laughs> if I can't get this uh-huh. there's going to be a problem like I, yeah. I like this is awesome so when I just think about work and his style and all of the amazing things he did I would want to ask him so many questions and figure out his why and what inspired him to do mm-hmm. what he did for the art world in his way because mm-hmm. I feel like it's just it was so unique and so different and so against the grain yeah. in his time that it was just like yeah. dude, like you were doing some awesome ass, innovative out of the box shit. Like mm-hmm. I want to know. So yeah, I think I think Salvador Dali would be that 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 person. Damn, man. Well yeah. said. I, I like how you described
1: art in particular. I, I mm-hmm. like that. It, it's almost, a it's completely emotional reaction. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. it's not like you're looking at a business plan and you're thinking like very rationally it's like any, it's, it's completely relative. And I, I think that, um, I think the more you can kind of <laughs> inject like relativity and sort of like emotional impact and creativity into anything that you do yeah you'll have a product that people can vibe out to more you'll have a product that people can actually make connections with because that's what art is
0: yeah I yep in it yeah in that yeah yeah pretty much carried over into my podcast that was my biggest thing with this podcast i'm <laughs> like look yo no like this i this has to be authentic like I'm not mm-hmm. doing no no scripted. The only scripted shit I say is the shit in the beginning when I do the intro. That's it. That's, mm-hmm. that, that was that was it for me. After that, I was just like, Yo, this has to be right. I feel like I'm like Drake back in the day when he had he would be in the blues with the Blackberry <laughs> and he's holding it and he's reciting. Like I'll sit here, I'm sitting here in front of my laptop so talking to you. I have certain questions that yeah. I want to ask, and then I just yeah. let the shit free. <laughs> if <laughs> yeah, I don't you're ask true. questions on the, you talking,
1: talking about that Tim Westwood interview. Yeah,
0: exactly, <laughs> exactly. You, you you get it, the Tim Westwood. That's yeah. exactly. Love, what
1: it is yeah i love drake uh hip-hop's dope and um yeah no, I, I feel you i vibe with you it's funny because if i had to re- interview anyone i thought about this mm-hmm. um i don't know my my direct influence is right now it's really interesting um uh, i would love to sit down with gary b would nice. absolutely love to sit down with gary b and not to just ask him like not just be like Gary Vee, tell me about your, you know, tell me about everything, but more like, dude, why, like what really keeps you motivated? What really keeps you like amped? And, and you know, why? Like, I, I just really want to, I want to hear why, like, where does it all come from? I think a lot of people are seeing where he is right now. They haven't seen his progression. And I'm I'm curious, like, dude, he was probably a hustler ever since he was like five years old. <laughs> he probably hustled his way out the womb, man. I mean, true. It, from from what it seems to me, so I'd definitely like to speak with him. But, uh, dude, speaking with you has been has been you know qu- quite the quite you know quite the fun experience, and I My can guys. really tell that you're just you're quick, you're slick. Like if we're at a conference together, bro, that's a wrap to me, tornado.
0: Dude, <laughs> like we might have to do, we might have to link up and stuff, man, and definitely to make something happen, collab. I don't care, man, because I I can just tell. Like, and it was funny, it was so funny because. That's where I I know that's what happened. I remember I was on LinkedIn, I was scrolling mm-hmm. through my my uh my uh feed and I mm-hmm. saw you and I saw your video and I watched it and I was like, yo, this is dope. And I, <laughs> I literally had put Thank it you. on this <laughs> list to reach out to you and contact you. I just hadn't did it yet. So mm-hmm. it was and then I think it was like two weeks later. And then you messaged me and I saw it, I was like, Wait a minute, is this the same bitch that I was gonna message? And then I saw it, I was like, <laughs> yo, if that is it, like, that was fucking, I was like, yo, it's like the universe was <laughs> like, oh, all right, you're taking too fucking long. So how about this? We're gonna have him reach out to you. So that, I was was, like, that
1: was me knocking on your door.
0: <laughs> yes. I was just like, dude, and when that happened, I was like, yo, we gotta got interview. Like, that's you what have so. to do it. So, that's yeah. what's up, man. Yeah, man. And we
1: had like that 30 minute talk, you know? Yeah. I'm, listen, I, I would love to, anytime you're in the East Coast, New Jersey, New York, bro would definitely love to sit down with you and you know introduce you to some peeps and have you on the, you know my show as well real people real hustle i think think a, a lot of what you're saying a lot like my the people that do watch my content would definitely resonate with it uh i think it's a message that they could <laughs> definitely uh could definitely use hearing and yeah man uh when i'm in your neck of the woods we'll definitely be hitting you up and let's link let's do, let's Get into some things,
0: dude. I'm, I'm with it. I'm a hundred percent with it, man. Yeah, you're definitely cool, peoples, man. I'm definitely glad you reached out to me, man. I appreciate the universe for, uh, for uh, uh, swinging you my way for sure, man. Because yeah, you're definitely a, you're one of the most authentic people I could definitely tell I've I've met, man. And it's just like it's just that thing, man. It's just like <laughs> you know, you know, the second you start talking to somebody, give it three yeah. three minutes, most five minutes, you're gonna know if if yep. this person is real or not. And you can just tell when I had that thirty minute call with you, I'm just like. I'm I'm literally on the phone listening to everything you're saying and I'm just like yo like as soon as these fit stops talking, I'm be like, "Yo, interview!" <laughs> like, like we got we got to do interviews. interview.
1: Yeah, you know. I love that, bro. I love, it, man. Uh, it's yo, it's honestly, it's been a pleasure, and I'm stoked. I'm I'm going to be posting this on on the channels, and Live. you know, yo, where can uh, where can audiences find your work, bro?
0: Yeah, man. So uh, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of all over, everywhere, um, literally a little bit of everywhere. Um, now, obviously, my podcast, right, the Bullpen Podcast. Uh, I am literally everywhere. So I have YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, things like that, right? Uh, Twitter, easiest easiest way to find me is at one bullpen podcast, right? And hey. that's pretty much for everything. And you can okay. search it and it'll pretty much pop up. Facebook, Twitter, and then just the podcast itself, right? We're on... Um, you know of course you know google play spotify mm-hmm. um uh itunes uh stitcher and then i also went to decentralized route got to represent the blockchain so <laughs> you can find me on steam it i'm on dtube i'm on musiccoin i'm on tune so decentralized hey. decentralized however you want to do it i'm there
1: I love it, bro. I'm actually going and I'm liking all your all the stuff on Twitter. This is oh, sick.
0: Oh, I appreciate <laughs> it, man. Really, really appreciate it, man. And just, just so everybody's listening here too, uh, where can they find you at, man?
1: So I am under the moniker Classic Mitch Up. Classic Mitch Up, spot out sounds. Yes, I was a cheeky, cheeky eighth grader. Um, you can find me on Instagram. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter. Uh, I post a lot of my uh, professional stuff on LinkedIn. And, and also Facebook, uh, growing, counting, uh, you know, got a lot of awesome people that are just, that I'm just in line with, working with, collaborating with. It's it's really insane, bro. I'm, I'm glad to you know now have you on board.
0: I appreciate it, man. And everybody who's listening, you know how I do it, man. Uh, wh- whatever platform you're listening, if you look in the description section, I'm going to have a link to the show notes and the link is going to show all of his information. You'll have a direct link to click and go look him up. I'm also going to throw uh, some links in there for some of his cool stuff, man. He did an all dude, you did a video that I was like, Dude, I wish I was you. <laughs> it was the one where you went to uh you went to Argentina. I was like, dude. Or oh. Chile and Argentina for ten days. That was amazing footage, bro. Like amazing. Yo, thank you, bro.
1: My um my roommate and good friend Tyler Jamie, and who we actually worked uh and co-founded Artifacts Digital together, bro. Um, we were at that trip together and he put out this insane that video that you saw, that didn't, like I thought it was sick. So ten days in Chile in Argentina. Um, you know, definitely couldn't have done it without obviously the, the position I'm in now. But uh, if, dude, if you have if you had any interest in going, go yeah. absolutely. Oh, I plan on it.
0: <laughs> Just for that video, I was like, yo, if I don't go anywhere else, I go to Chile in Argentina. Yeah, yeah, yo, yo, I you borrow
1: the shades, bro. <laughs> yo, ready,
0: yeah, let me get those. <laughs> <laughs> man, I'm with it. All right, man. Well, again, you already know. Like I said, man, I appreciate you coming on the show, dude. You are, you already know, man. You got You have a forever home pass to the podcast, man. You're welcome to come on here whenever you want. Just, yeah. hey, that's
1: what i so like to hear, yeah, bro. Man, Hell yeah. Man. I'm gonna you know what I, I got. Some really interesting people that would definitely love to be in the bullpen, bro. Uh, that I, I will definitely connect you with. And you know, the team just got bigger. I'm stoked, bro. I'm gonna be up on what you're doing. I hope everyone else will be too. It's a lot of exciting shit. I'm so just, like, talking about it. And, uh, yeah, man, happy hustling. Thank you for
0: your time. Most deaf, man. I'll be in touch, man, again. I appreciate it, man, everything. And I can't wait to drop this episode, man. I know people are going to love it. <laughs> oh, let's get it, baby. Let me know. All right, all right, will do, man. We'd like to thank everyone for your support here at the Bullpen Podcast all season long and look forward to having you at the next episode. We'd also like to give a special thanks to the team behind the scenes that make this show possible. Today's show notes can be found on our website at thebullpenpodcast.io forward slash post show stats. Also, don't forget to like and retweet us at one podcast. That's the number one bullpen podcast. And to watch Lyndon do some exciting and probably some weird things too. Tune into the Snapchat, at the Crypto Bully. That's at the Crypto Bully. It's been a pleasure, and see you at the next show. Good night, everyone.